0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite podcast on the planet. That's right. This is Food, Sex, Politics with you as always. Your host, the beautiful, the brilliant, the badass, Nicole Rodriguez. And back mm-hmm. up. It's me. It's me. It's a D-A-B-E, your food porn unicorn, your pad thai rabbi, your board lord back with another <laughs> show. And Nicole, this is the one we've been waiting for. This is a big one. What do we got today?
1: Dave, we're just on a roll of amazing women lately. And, and we had to blessed hashtag, yeah, hashtag too blessed to be stressed. Dave, uh, I could not be more excited to welcome back Amy Perkins. The last time we chatted with with Amy was about a week prior to the national shutdown due to the pandemic. And what I want to say, what I love about Amy, I think a lot of women talk shit about women supporting women, right? That's a, a common theme. And then they turn their backs and they're not really that supportive. There's, there's I, a lot of cattiness, right? There's yeah. A lot of- meow. And, and, and what I love about Amy is that she's not talking the talk. She's walking the walk in whatever business venture she's involved in. And I'm really excited to hear how she is really continually flipping the script on empowering other women and taking more ownership of female sexuality which kind of seems to be a running theme for us the past couple of weeks and going forward so Amy welcome so excited to have you and thank Uh, you for coming back
0: yes absolutely (laughs) And of
1: Hustler, of formerly <laughs> Dem
0: Marks. Welcome back to the show.
2: Yes, thank you guys. I've been so excited to come back and chat with you guys again. It's so always such a great time. We, so
1: Amy, I want to get right into something that sparks a lot of curiosity and we read about that you're involved in. I think more recently, can you talk a little bit about pivoting towards OnlyFans content and what that's been like. Yeah. So
2: okay, so when we spoke last year, right before the pandemic hit, I was um freshly out of a divorce, or I guess it's a you know, and my divorce, and I was trying to get my hair stuff re-established. I was also doing a little bit of coaching, then um, with just motivational stuff, but I was also had like a, um, a female, uh, coaching business for credit repair and financial repair, um, which, you know, because I didn't really, or none of us had any idea this pandemic was going to be such a, you know, just absolutely mind blowing, you know tragic situation yeah,
0: um, but we were talking before the show before we hit record that we were the last time we had you on it we were still joking about it like it was still like this big kind of goof no thing.
2: big deal do- yeah like well you know and because we were very everybody and they i think as a whole in the world like, they first we were getting kind of breadcrumbs with it you know so we're hearing kind of rumors of it here and there and then all of a sudden it was just snowballed into this massive thing and we were like oh shit like this is happening right now and it's happening like very quickly. Um, so yeah, but at that time, yeah, I was doing, you know, the credit repair business and I was trying to really just get myself just established again as a single mom coming out of divorce and still wanted to do something where, you know, I could and helping myself, I could also educate and help other women that may be in a similar situation. Um, and just offer that support and stuff because, you know, I wasn't even out of you know, the forest yet, but I'm like, Hey, you know, like if I can bring along a few friends and, you know, bring them down the path with me through this forest, then maybe we can all come out on the other end together and, you know, just, um, help myself and helping other people at the same time, you know, other women. So, um, with that, you know, I, like I said, I wasn't expecting this whole (laughs) implode of the pandemic and the lockdown and everything, Happened and I, as a single mother, was forced with some pretty, you know, harsh realities. I was like struggling the credit business, like we were getting really good feedback from it. You know, people were getting on board, but we were at the mercy of the mail system. And so it went to where, you know, the credit bureaus originally had 30 days to reply to us with credit report um situations or errors and stuff like that. And then that got pushed out to 60 days, and then it got pushed out even further. And, you know, and at the time we had had this business model and structure where it was, you know, subscription based. And so people were signing up with us and signing up with, uh, you know, expecting to get results in a certain amount of time and also having to pay the subscription. Well, all of a sudden it wasn't just whether or not we could perform it. It was the problem that we were at the mercy of federal institutions and stuff that were also being shut down. So we I got to a point with my business partner and I was just like look you know I just don't feel right continuing continually to take subscription money from people monthly and having them pay this when we're we don't know when we're going to get the results we don't know when you know we're you know mailing stuff off and we're just like okay is it gonna come back anytime soon you know and people no one like, knew anything yeah how no could one you know? yeah yeah and so um you know and who starts a, a damn business in the middle of a, a global pandemic but we just didn't understand you know we just had no fucking clue like straight up <laughs> what we were looking at so Um, you know, so that happened and I was still dabbling a little bit with my hair career and I had, um, was trying, but they started shutting down the salons. It's, you know, and at that time, you know, I was trying to build a clientele and, you know, I hadn't really done hair in a professional setting in so long due to my marriage and or really ever, you know, like I had, you know, had done hair for friends and I had done, you know. Stuff here and there part time, but I hadn't really been in a salon full time with a full clientele. And so, you know, I couldn't just walk into a salon and just start kicking out hair. I mean, it's a, it's a tough job. And I also couldn't go in and even shadow or intern with anybody because everything was getting shut down so quickly. So um, all of a sudden, you know, these things I had put in my pockets as basically my fallbacks also weren't going to work. And I was just kind of like, well, what am I going to do? And, you know, I started to rack my brain a little bit. And my mother-in-law, who I mentioned on my first podcast, has been an amazing support for, system for me. And some of my other friends, you know, were like, hey, like w- you of all people, why are you over here bashing your head against the wall? What about your adult career? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, you know, and my mother-in-law uh, for my first marriage, my first husband passed away and we're just really close. And she's like, Amy, she's like, I'm watching you over here trying to reinvent the will and these different things. And she's like, this is what, you know, she's like, you're badass at this, do this, you know? And she goes this time, you have the reins you can do, you know, do it your way. Whereas when I got in, when I was much younger, it was a much different animal for me then. And, you know, when I was hearing this trickling coming down the line about OnlyFans, well, when I retired from video 15 years ago, OnlyFans wasn't around, first of all. And second of all, when I was done with video, I was done with video. Like I moved out to Vegas and at the time it was bartending and I was dancing, but I had pretty much put, you know... Uh, video completely behind me. And then I ended up getting married and having kids and you know what I mean? So moving to Texas and just like, I just, it was a different season in my life. So when I started to hear about OnlyFans, I didn't even know what it was. I was like, what is this? And then I heard like joking stuff that women were selling pictures of their feet for like,
0: (laughs) Thousands of dollars and butt <laughs> in on my business. I was Do gonna say da- da- that's like that. Dave's <laughs> angle,
1: actually. His his yeah. beautiful feet ranking <laughs> thousands.
2: I bet, I bet, yeah. So and I just I really didn't know anything about it, and it was funny because you know, I definitely have that naive kind of you know, I can be very kind of whimsical at my personality, it's just kind of like whatever I have in front of me is what I'm doing, you know what I mean? And so yeah. if it's not what I'm a part of, or whatever, then I'm just like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Squirrel, like, whatever. <laughs> like, it's, you know? And so, but I kept hearing more about it. And as, you know, I started to get more pressed financially, and I was just like, okay, well, you know, I started to toy with a little bit. I got some more information, and the structure with OnlyFans. What makes OnlyFans so awesome is the fact that it allows these performers or us performers to take control of um, our content. And, you know, whereas before I would you know get paid by a studio, whether whoever it was, you know, the, all the, you know the main studios. Hustler, for example, you know, Hustler would cut me a check to shoot a magazine or cut me a check to shoot a video, and I would show up and they'd give me that check. Well. That check, I didn't make any royalties past that check. Like, I got paid for that scene. It didn't matter if they sold, you know, 500,000 copies of that DVD. I didn't make any money off that per sell. But also
0: that, like, you were doing what they told you, whereas this is more.
2: Exactly. I mean, we definitely, you know, we touched about it a little bit on the first podcast episode where it's like, yeah, a female in the industry can decide what she wants to do, what she doesn't. You have, like, a yes list, a no list, you know, whatever. But overall, you know, there was no – it was kind of like, okay, hey, now you're in porn, and this is what you're going to do, and we're going to book you work, and if you say you'll do this, this, and this, then that's what you're going to do to the extreme of that. Excuse me, I just got the hiccups. And then um, – and there just wasn't any real structured guidance there. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just a totally different animal. So, like, now – what OnlyFans has allowed um, or created the opportunity for is for these women, you know, and men too, but let's be serious, primarily women to come in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there really is, but I mean, like, come on. So they um, are, can come in and not only own all the rights to the material that they create, but they have a total artistic, you know, control over what they want to shoot, who they want to shoot with. Like before, when I was in hardcore porn before I was doing hardcore gonzo, that's like as hardcore as it gets, like no storyline.
0: Tell everybody what that is.
2: So hardcore gonzo porn is basically no storyline. I show up or the storyline is like very janky. Right. So it's like, okay, you know, Amy or Demi, whatever my name was at the time, Demi, um, You're going to come in here and you're going to be a babysitter and, you know, so-and-so is going to walk in and you're just going to get down to business basically, you know, it just like created a little bit of, because,
0: because as you know, we all watch porn for the stories.
2: Right. Hey, you know, some people really, really do enjoy those. <laughs> <laughs> it's like reading Playboy for the articles, you know? So, um, but, yeah, more, so.
0: wait, 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 is there more in Playboy? <laughs>
2: Is there? I don't know. I don't
1: read Playboy. <laughs> Dave books bookmarks the articles. He highlights. <laughs> yeah, he gets. Yeah, he gets into it. Uh, did, do they have recipes in Playboy, Dave?
0: Oh my god. Oh my gosh, do they? Well, there it is. Jeez! Oh yeah. This finally. Hey, look at. Well, you that. know why
2: I said that because I just watched. Um, uh, I just watched the movie that you know the Larry Flint movie yes and he's standing there when he decides to you know create hustler and he's flipping through a playboy and he's like do any of you guys read these articles about you know how to hang a perfect picture or how to make the perfect martini he's like they're making a laughing stock out of you like you know so i don't know i thought maybe oh. i'd make a casserole it's not on the back page all
0: right I guys i gotta go
1: yeah this uh, has been real, yeah. but Dave has other things <laughs> a million dollar idea, other things to attend to. So Amy, it sounds like not only do you have so you have creative control, but yeah. so are you able to sort of cater to who you want to cater to? Like you don't have to well, you don't okay. have to deal with like everyone you don't want to deal with. like how does that really nuts and bolts pan out for you? and how are you instructing? Other women to leverage themselves and their content on that platform?
2: So, the, the, the good thing about OnlyFans is now, regardless if you're a sex worker in the porn industry or you're a baker on the corner, you are branding a business. You know what I mean? So, whatever that brand is or whatever that image is, like, you know, my stage name now is Amy Austin. And My image now is much different than it was 15 years ago. 15 years ago, I was the girl next door. I was, you know, 19, 20 years old. I was young, you know, blah, 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 blah. And over here, now that I'm in my, you know, I'm 26. No, I'm just kidding. Now that I'm, you know, in my mid 30s and I'm a little bit, you know, I'm older. Um, Now I'm in a category where I'm not the girl next door anymore. Now I'm like in a milf
0: category,
2: you know. So obviously my no, target, but,
0: but, but like stepmom is like a huge thing right now, right?
2: Yeah, the whole stepmom thing is huge. Yeah. Um, and so and yeah, and that's just it. It's like you kind of you have your target audience. I mean, obviously your fans. I feel like when you create a product of value, the fans kind of come to you and they decide, right? They decide. No, you know who, and you know who you're going to end up based on the response that you get. You know, there's usually kind of like a collective, and you're like, oh, and you start to see patterns, right? And you're like, oh, okay, like this is this is this this is my tribe here, you know. And then you start to feed out that content and stuff that caters to that to the, your tribe, you know, the people that are the most engaging and the most responsive and supportive because that where your, you know, your, that's, where, at. Is. that's yeah. where your money's at, you know? So, um,
0: now that's, again, but, the only fans, right? Like you're actually interacting kind of on a more one-on-one basis. Right. Than you would be it's absolutely.
2: Yeah. And you have to engage, you have to engage because that is basically, I mean, you know, I have this conversation quite often with people that either don't subscribe or don't really see the, the point in subscribing because they're like, well, there's free porn everywhere. Yeah like, what's why, your what's your
1: answer to that? There are so many memes, kind of like poking fun at OnlyFans or like guys who say they're like, why would I pay for this? I can see tits everywhere, whatever. Why? Can well, you answer because...
0: this? can you answer this in a minute? I'm looking at Pornhub. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: I bet. Yeah. I bet. Um, yeah, you know, because the difference is, is like when you go and you just, I mean, just for me, this is my own personal opinion. When I go and I look at porn, I'm there. The objective is there. Like, I'm just trying to get off and I'm trying to get in and get it done and whatever. Whereas OnlyFans actually allows you to create an experience for your fan. You know, now, now, whereas these girls, it was just fantasy before and they were just seeing them on a DVD and they were seeing like worlds away. Only fans brings that interaction to the fan. I mean, what's fucking cooler than that, than, you know, some guy in his twenties, early thirties, forties, fifties, whatever. And he's got this smoke show of a fantasy girl and he not only can get off to her on a daily basis. But interact with her in a way where he can message her and he can, you know, really contribute to her, to her, you know, like whether he's sending her a tip or he's buying her something off of a wish list. Now, all of a sudden, you have created a relationship in a way that, yeah, it still is running with a business dynamic, but it's created an experience that cannot be replicated because only you, as that, porn star cam girl or whatever you're only one person so once you create that dynamic in that relationship i mean the sky's the limit do you know what i mean it's like
0: only fans just so everybody can find you at the amy austin is that correct
1: yes at the amy austin yes yeah so so this is like this is like your former industry sort of marrying into the quote unquote girlfriend experience, but in a virtual setting, it sounds like.
2: Right. And you know, the thing is, is that I don't, I think that if only fans wasn't an option, I wouldn't be back in porn. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I wouldn't have gone back and shot and made money for people. First bomb to I'm too smart for that Chanel. and be, you know, the money that I was making was basically you know, nickels and dimes, um, I can make that money doing anything. Do you know what I'm saying? So Mm. this actually allows me to not only take control of that financial, but I can leverage it however I need to because, you know, I'm working for myself, you know, so I'm not going to be cheating myself, but I can also watch the numbers and I can see what's working and what's not and ultimately build you know, build up that entire empire and be at the top of it instead of building it up for somebody else and then making all the money, you know?
0: point, great point. great
2: point. <laughs> And where it's different now, like I was going back to saying about talking about gonzo porn and stuff. Now I'm not even shooting boy girl right now. Like I don't need to, I don't have to, you know what I mean? So it's not that I don't like it or I don't enjoy it. Obviously I enjoy sex, but you know, right now I really don't have to, like Nobody I'm coming can. in.
0: And that's just it. It's that whole control aspect, right? Like it's all about, yeah. you. plus it's whatever your people like, I mean, if they're into the girl girl and you're fine with it, I mean, why not?
2: Right. And the thing is, it's like there's such a huge market for men that honestly don't want to see a guy and a girl. They want to see girl girl and it's great. And, you know, and I know because I do enjoy shooting porn that there will come a time where that will graduate into something. And I will bring in uh, male talent, um, but right now I'm just kind of cruising and I'm, I'm really figuring it out to myself, you know, and um, and so that is it's, it's just a sweet spot. It's like whereas before when I got in, had I had the the wisdom and experience that I have now, I would have shot girl, girl before I ever shot Boy Girl, I sure the hell wouldn't have done anal on my very first porn shoot in the very first time ever in my whole life on my
1: first porn no. set.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, now I'm like, okay, like we don't have to fucking put this shit in fourth gear and drive it off into the Grand Canyon. Like we can, you know, cruise a little bit, check it out. You know, it's, It's way more fun now. It's like, it's just so much more fun than, I mean, I had fun before, but now it's like, I'm basically living out my own fantasy life. I get to, do you know what I'm saying? Like whatever I want to wear, however I want to get off, whatever scenario I want, however I want it to look like it's, I can do that. Like I'm basically living my fantasies. Yeah.
1: Now, now do you look back and feel like there was a big pressure aspect In those early days of your career and, um, you know, or is it just just like not knowing better? Like what was, what was the dynamic then?
2: Yeah. I think, you know, so I just, when I got into porn, I had never even seen a porn, you know, I didn't even, I never even seen porn before. I mean, I came off of a Baptist school farm in the middle of, you know, or down in South Texas on a 700 acre farm. And I just had no idea. And when I got involved in porn originally, I got involved as a runaway and, you know, for means of survival. And so I was literally hungry and I was willing to do whatever I had to to survive. And um, so, you know, once I got a little taste of like what that was going to look like or just the money that I was going to be making, you know, I grew up really poor. So I had never seen money like that before
1: for
0: you, you know, know at all like a book deal here somewhere or at least like a movie
2: <laughs> i know everybody yeah everybody absolutely like, are you gonna but i gotta wait till i you know i gotta wait oh wait once i make my first million maybe I'll write
0: <laughs> my only question because i'm sure this will be in the movie
2: what i'm,
0: what? I'm sure the podcast will be in the movie so oh, uh, yeah <laughs> there
2: you go absolutely absolutely we'll have to i mean we had a
1: global pandemic that's got to be part of it no that's right Yeah. Always part of the conversation. But Amy, now, like my understanding is that you are coaching other women into this platform as well.
2: Yeah. So, you know, going back to what you were just saying, Nicole, you know, when I got into the industry, um, I literally got into the door because I I got offered 200 bucks to take some pictures, making out with my friend. They got shut off to fortunately for me, got shut off to like the top uh talent agency at the time in LA uh for adult talent and you know the agent met me and he's like I'd love to sign you if you if you're interested in doing this and at the time I was you know a runaway and living out of a hotel and literally you know not really eating and I was like yeah whatever you know and so But the thing is, is because I don't really looking back on it. It's not really high pressure. It's just, it was the nature of the beast. Like I said, yes, I consented. Okay. Yes. I'm going to do porn. Right. And they're like, okay, so we're going to do porn then, (laughs) you know? So it wasn't, you know, and they, and they were always respectful. I mean, um, Ben English, who is a massive male talent in the industry, um, he was my agent and he was very respectful about, you know, what I wanted to do. But the thing is, is that when I said I was going to do something, I was going to fucking do it. Like he was not fucking around. It was like, you know, <laughs> like it's time to show up. It's time to work. I mean, we definitely grinded it out. So, um, literally. literally, literally, and, you know, and looking back, I'm just like, God, I just, I wish I would have had the wisdom that I have now, right? Like hindsight's 2020. So now that I'm getting back into the industry, you know, the one thing that I have in my arsenal that a lot of these girls getting involved in OnlyFans don't have is that I am actually a professional credited porn star. Like I've been in the industry, like, I've shot for national magazines. I've been on TV. I've, you know, from Playboy TV to Skinamax stuff. I've, you know, done multiple movies in
0: multiple and multiple studios. Skinamax, and wow, that's such an awesome reference.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's like, so I have that experience where a lot of these girls, you know, they are, they're getting into this. And obviously they're looking to make quick money and they're, you know, hearing through I make a joke sometimes that, you know, the girl, the new girls and OnlyFans are basically like these young girls and I'm not talking about experienced sex workers. I'm talking about girls that have no experience in the industry at all. And I picture like five or six girls at a slumber party and they're sitting together in a circle and they have those cans up to their ears and they're like, oh, I've just made $10,000 this month on OnlyFans," you know? And I guess it gets passed around all of a sudden, by the time it hits the fourth girl, she's like, I've made two million dollars off. You know what I mean? So, of course, these girls who are struggling to work full-time because of the pandemic, or whatever their case is, whatever their circumstances, you know, are jumping into this and they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. Like, you know, they're filming stuff with their iPhones and they're blowing their fucking boyfriend and which is fine. Blow your boyfriend. No, no, you know, I have no judgments there. But the thing is, is that they're, they just, and it's not even, I mean, even for me, you know, I'm not a fucking marketing fucking guru. Do you know what I mean?
0: So I like, you know, the behind the scenes scenes and like the nuts and bolts and like the more professional aspect of it.
2: Right. So what I did is, and I had to kind of like weed it through, you know, like I got started in December. I don't know if you guys, um, checked it out or heard it, but I had started a podcast too. Um, it was mm-hmm. called sex with oh, yeah. me, Austin. Like it. Yeah. And so I got started. Well, the thing is, it's like, you know, the first couple people that I met, it became one of these things where it was like, you know, I, and I said this literally to the person that, you know, was helping me with my podcast is he's sitting across from me at lunch and he's blowing all the smoke at my ass. And I'm like, you know, I can't help but feel that I'm this 19 year old girl again. And you're sitting here telling me you're going to make me a star. Like it almost sounds too good to be true. Well, of course it was, you know, he just really wanted to fuck me. It became this dynamic of like, yeah, I'll help you, but basically, you're going to be my full time girlfriend. And I'm like, uh, check this mm, out, homeboy. Yeah. Obviously, you don't know who the fuck you're talking to because you think you're gonna fucking back me into a corner. You got another thing coming.
0: <laughs> that's actually how Nicole and I met. She doesn't know.
2: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's how your guys' <laughs> podcast got started. Podcast. So, you know, and I did. And even here, I mean, and there I was, like, even with that professional experience and not, you know what I mean? So, long story short, I got bumped, you know, a couple bumps in the road there. Um, and I kind of put things off and then I got, I was like, you know what? I can do this. Like, I just need to take some time and, you know, and I was like, just kind of cruiser on Instagram and I'm looking at different models and stuff like that. And I saw this beautiful girl named Liz and she actually lives in Austin and she's not a porn star, um, or she's, she's shooting, um, adult content now for her OnlyFans, but that's not her background. Um, but she's stunning. And so I just was looking at her pictures and then I clicked one of her pictures and I realized that th- that her her pictures had a very um there was you know obviously similarities in lighting and stuff. I'm like, she's working with either one photographer or a couple different photographers. So to my golden ticket, I clicked it and the photographer that she's working with is an award-winning boudoir photographer, and he's right here in San Antonio where I live. And I'm like, no shit, right? And what's crazy, Nicole, I don't know if you remember, but in the first podcast, I was talking about wanting to get into boudoir photography. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And, um, but I was even talking about as a photographer, I was talking about shooting women and like doing all that, right? Yes. So, I went and I met um, Oscar McNally. He owns Vanity Boudoir here in San Antonio. And he's an award-winning photographer. He's absolutely phenomenal. And we sat down and we started talking. And all of a sudden, it was like we we just started vibing. And it was just like we had the same vision and all this stuff. And we we're like, holy shit, hold on. Like, you know what? We're not going to just shoot together. But we're actually going to form this collective together. And we're going to start managing talent. He's like, you know, yeah. He's like, you've done this. You have the experience over here. Obviously I have the camera skill and, you know, networking over here. And, you know, what do you think about doing this? And I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. So, you know, now what we've done is we've um, created a team and we have a professional makeup artist here in town. That's absolutely incredible. Her name is Letty. And then we have Oscar shooting, and we have, um, uh, you know, me helping also with these girls and what we're doing is we're actually creating a pro team, a professional team of people to help girls as they're starting their only fans off. And so that they can start off on the right foot and know how to do it the right way so that they're not just jumping in and burning themselves out because, That's one of my big concerns is like, I see these girls and they jump off the dock and they're like, okay, great. You know, I'm going to be an OnlyFans model. And they see this big influx of cash for the first month, right? Because Tom, Dick and Harry from fucking high school and college and the guy at the bar and fucking blah, blah, blah jumps on her OnlyFans and is like, oh yeah, I want to see her. However, you know, with her tits out and whatever and plugs her some money. Well, once they see her, they're, they're done and she can't keep up with that demand of content, right? Then, and if she's not pumping it out consistently enough, I mean, it's the same as any other branding on Instagram, you know, like it's a fucking grind. And if you don't know that grind and you don't respect that grind, you're not only going to get burned out, but now you got your, you know, TNA all over the fucking internet. And now what, you know, you don't have, any idea what you're, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you can only upload so many fucking pictures of your tits, you know, so many days in a row and, or, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Without any kind yeah. of structured, you know, structured marketing plan, you know, so you
1: gotta keep it that's front. what we've done.
2: Yeah. You got to keep it, you know, and it, and that comes with experience, you know, even with running Instagram, and, you know, branding on Instagram and all that stuff. I think a lot of times, especially with people that have huge followings, it's easy to see that and be like, Oh, I can upload. I can do that. I can take pictures. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> like it's so much more, there's a whole animal on the other side of that, that unless you're involved in it and you're grinding it out that you just don't see, you know,
0: So, in time, you have like this whole little Austin syndicate going.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I even have one of my best friends. Um, her name is Ashley Lucchese, and she is an incredible person. She, we've been you know best friends since I don't know my freshman year of high school. She's been a, a school teacher for fifteen years. Um, she's actually just transi- transitioned. She's still a teacher, but she's transitioning into life coaching and just graduated from this um, awesome program. And. I'm. we're talking about collabing and bringing her in as part of the team so that these girls really are not only getting a professional um, skill set with a photographer and makeup artist and people that are really worked in the industry and have the credits to show it, but also someone to help them keep their mind, body and soul in alignment. Because let's be serious. It's a, it can be very draining.
1: So, So you're taking these girls and now they're not just like shooting with their iPhone or whatever. Now it's professional lighting, professional <laughs> photography, professional makeup, your videography, yeah. videography, your expertise with that industry expertise and now bringing in potentially that life coaching aspect. So this is not just your run of the mill. I, I hate to say it like that as it, like hey, whatever it's you're not a pimp and in, ho situation. But yeah. Right. But this is but this is now like, hey, we're gonna equip you with the real tools so that you're running a legit looking page and you know business, how to create yeah. that. Yeah. You know how to create that content and keep it fresh and keep people coming back. Like you said, like any other like any other business. So right. it's very cool that you put that all together.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's crazy because, you know, like when we were talking on the first podcast, I was like, I'll probably never go back to porn and, you know, and, but the thing is, is really and truly when I sat with it and really thought about it, I'm like, you know, this is, it's just who I am. It's a, it, it is, it's played such a huge, um, a huge um, role in my life, not even just With you know, as a performer, but in the sense of just survival, like it's been such a huge thing for me. And um, it only when I really thought about it it made sense where I'm like, okay, now not only can I go in and you know, run the game for myself, but now I have the experience and the expertise where I can also pass that knowledge on and educate girls coming in and help them brand build and create something that's actually something where they could be very successful and they can have that help. I mean, shit, do you know when I, after I shot porn and I I was out of the industry for like, you know, four years, um, I got like some bullshit tax, you know, tax advice when I was in. And um, the IRS came into my bar in Vegas when I was working and was like, hey, check this out. You owe us 15 grand from not paying your taxes when you were in video. And so- we're here to collect. And I was like, I thought I didn't have to pay that. (laughs) Like what? You know? So, and that's just, and that's too, it's not just about taking these girls and being like, okay, you know what? Now I'm going to make money off you and, you know, wearing these girls down to the fucking ground. No, it's about bringing them in and actually mentoring them and coaching them because these are single moms. These are runaway girls. And I and I call the girls in the industry and it's not supposed to be a negative, but I call it the throwaway girls because that's a lot of times who we are. Like we're girls that have come from broken homes. And it's not always the thing. It's not the majority, you know, but this there is this group, right, where they're doing these things and they're getting involved in the sex work industry because they don't have a support system.
0: They don't would, have. Would you say that that's the difference in the industry now versus when you got in.
2: What's that? I'm sorry.
0: So would you say that's that's in the industry now that like people can control it themselves as opposed to,
2: you know,
0: like like ground down and just being like a product, whereas now you're the business.
2: Right. Now we have that, you know, because that's been, I mean, even stepping out of the adult industry, let's be serious, like female roles, whether you're working in a corporate setting or you're working in a sex work setting, we've always got the fucking shaft, right? Because we've always had we've always made less money. We've always been overlooked for promotions. We've always had to fucking, you know, a lot of times do double the fucking work to get half of the recognition. We've even I mem- I even remember when I was dancing in my first year of college and had friends that were NFL cheerleaders, I think we were making like eight dollars a game. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? These girls are like, Literally holding up a, an entire brand of an NFL team in the sense of like you know representing this female aesthetic, and they want that there, but they're paying them in fucking rice.
1: Like, yep, and that's you the, know, but that's the that's the history of exploitation, right? for women in America like that's just that's our history and I was just on I was just on a training today and this is all just kind of like so timely um like up until the year 1900 women were banned from owning property in the United States so (laughs) crazy yeah so you know you 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 fix that against obviously like being dehumanized right and being mm-hmm. lesser than for such a long time it's like it, and I, I didn't even realize it, like it it makes so much sense that these pay gaps exist and that certain industries they're you know we're taking advantage of more than in and others so all of those things kind of compound for years and years. And like you put it so perfectly, like we get shafted left and right.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and on the flip side of that, you know, and this is the thing that, You know what I noticed when I talk to you guys on your podcast, I say, you know, like 3000 times. I don't really say, you know, I don't think (laughs) just in general, like when I first listened to the first podcast, I was like cringing the whole time. I'm like, how many times? But we do know,
1: we do know. (laughs) 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 We get you. We get you.
2: Um,
0: (laughs) You're you're preaching to the choir is all you're doing. (laughs) Exactly. Um,
2: And, but on the flip side of it, you know, you know, um, I'm really going to try to stop saying that I'm really going to try it. Uh, on the flip side, there's also this kind of negative stigma that's coming with it because, you know, I'm battling it in, in my own circles a little bit, you know, people know me from my religious schooling or even from just being a mom and a wife for the last, you know, seven years and all of that. And then they see me coming up and coming, re inducing myself back into the porn industry. And then they see me, you know, bringing girls along or, you know, and I know some people think I'm kind of, it's kind of predatory in some kind of way, when really that's not obviously the objective. But, My thing is, is that I'm not out casting a net at the local high school. Like these girls are already doing it. I'm just trying to give them a roadmap so that they don't completely fuck themselves off in the process because they're going to do it anyway.
0: You know? Right. So it's like
1: if you're going to do it,
0: all the girls.
1: Yeah. If you're going to do it, then you're helping them to do it the right way. But also, I think part of it is. I don't know, call me crazy. Part of it is erasing the stigma of like, okay, you're doing this and who's to say that doesn't kind of even the score to some extent, right? Because some dude well, you're, is sitting yeah. at home and he's, you're not touching him and he's paying you mo- Right. He's paying you money. Right. And it's it's kind of like, I don't know, in some ways. It's I fucking it like, badass. You're, yeah, you're evening, you're evening That's the score fun. and like adjusting yeah. the you know of the power struggle a little bit. I was gonna say, you know what it sounds like? It sounds like
0: you're removing the commoditization from it and making it more equal, more more dynamic, if you will. I, I think it makes it more. Vulnerable. Well,
2: I think it's. And two, I'm basically helping these girls create opportunity for themselves versus someone them being the opportunity for somebody else. Yes, does that make sense? It's so it's not
1: erasing the commoditization. Dave, did I get that full word? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's a mouthful. <laughs> right.
0: So it's not. I'm, I was proud I pronounced it. So I'm yeah, we're
1: having a proud day of pronunciations. It's <laughs> it's not it's not erasing it. It's taking it's it's taking the reins of it and, and owning it as a woman instead of all of these other situations that may be similar. Right. Like if you're right. Right. Like if you're, if you were dancing, did you feel, did you feel like you were always in control? I know there's a lot oh, of absolutely in- not. there, but I yeah. I fucking
2: hated dancing and I, and I absolutely respect dancers. Like they're my sisters, you know what I'm saying? But I hated dancing. I, I, I hated it. And I didn't even hate the dancing aspect of it as much as I hated the hustle of it. I hated the bullshit of it. I hated the, having to, you know, let some guy that I didn't know. I just, it wasn't for me now. The, what on the different aspect of it on the, like the porn side that, you know, like the creating the fantasy and being kind of like that empowered sex symbol thing is fun. Like that's fun for me. Um, But so, yeah, it's just, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely a different animal. I don't know if you guys saw, did you guys see that video I put up last week where I got like really frustrated? It was a little aggressive. I took it down. I felt like it was aggressive, but it was kind of, I didn't see didn't see
1: anything super aggressive. No.
2: A lot of times, like I'm really passionate. You know, I just have a very animated, passionate personality. And so When I start, when I have to say something, I have to, I just have to fucking say it. So I've been seeing a lot of these girls that are coming in, um, especially like on Facebook and girls that don't have experience in the industry, they're getting on to their social media platforms and they're justifying and defending why they're doing OnlyFans. And not only are they feeling like they have to be on there, you know, justifying and defending why they're choosing to do OnlyFans, but at the same time, they're, you know, talking about how they're also good mothers and they're good people. And I'm like, this is fucking bullshit. Not that she feel not because of how she feels, but because it's like, you don't, and this is exactly what's in the video. You can hear me right now. I'm like, oh, on the video, I was like, you know, I'm seeing all the, all you girls, new girls that are getting into only pants on here, justifying what you're doing. Who gives a fuck what Tom The fucking guy that works at Chevy's cousin's gas station's aunt's babysitter (laughs) thinks about you being on fucking OnlyFans. Like it's no one's fucking business while you're in your bag. You came here to make fucking money, get in your fucking bag and shut it out because all these people that everyone's always going to have a fucking opinion. It doesn't matter if you try and join the escapades or you want to be a porn star. It
1: doesn't matter. Everybody. So true.
2: Has something to fucking say. You know what I mean? Like you could be just hypothetically you could be the best nutritionist in new york you know and then all of a sudden you're like hey i'm really good at this but i wanna i wanna try and become a painter people like she's not no fucking painter like she needs to (laughs) stick to what she knows and fucking cook her meals and you know what i mean people are such Uh, painters
1: it's so true it's so true
2: and it's like women especially just are not allowed to be who the fuck they want to be like why who who i am why are, why does that upset you if you know and let's be serious we already know why because people are insecure and besides the point that people are insecure people are triggered like, especially by free spirits because a lot of people don't have the fucking balls to be who the fuck they want to be
1: and and, it, and and why and and why is it i mean we know why but it's it seems a lot of the time it's it's other women judging it so the judging harshly. yeah it's kind of like well no one's judging how you feed your kids. Like no one gives a, like no one cares. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't know. You know,
2: And, th- and this is a thing too. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, wh- being in the industry, even when I was out of the industry, when I had spent years out of the industry, I would. I'm always, and this is the one thing that, you know, I really thought to myself, like, you know, I'm, my porn has been out there for years. Like there's enough material out there to keep you busy for a while. <laughs> and you know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously. And the thing is, is that I, mean, I was still I being numb.
0: You, it took about three weeks.
1: At three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> he oh maxed out. No, three it it not three weeks and three long. hours. before <laughs> <until> he <laughs> yeah, maxed <three> out. <laughs>
2: Um, but yeah, you know, I was, I was still, even when I went to nursing school and got to nursing school, I was, I was still known as Amy, the porn star, you know, that's how that was my, my calling card, you know? And so that's, and what's kind of what I touched on the first podcast, I had to get to a point in my life and for myself that I had to be okay with it because I had to be okay with my fucking self. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't you know, and cause there was times, you know, I would walk into a party or walk into a cocktail party or I would whatever. And I could hear the little bitches just like in high school whispering and saying little things with their boyfriends, like, oh yeah, she does porn or somebody would, you know, put me on the spot. And then all of a sudden I was like center stage. And here I am just trying to hang out like everybody else. And someone's like, oh yeah, you do porn. Like, oh my God. And then, you know, like half the room is like really
1: intrigued. And judging me, and the
2: other half of the room is like totally disgusted and
1: judging me, and, and still and one? still and still judging, and and you yeah. wonder sometimes. I think just like in general, a lot of women don't get out of that high school vibe for whatever reason, and you know you're right. you're a mom, and I know you probably drop your kids off at school and pick them up, and oh, you know yeah. that's where you're subject to the clickiness and. Just to
2: like, oh, the well, let me
1: tell you what I
2: shit I just, on many levels. I, so I have a boyfriend now and he is, he's great. But we, I, when we very first met, he nicknamed me P star, like, you know, porn star, just short. And so I actually just had, um, a custom license plate made that says P star on it. I love it's going it. on my car. I actually <laughs> have to pick it up because I, I, was, you know,
0: I was thinking that totally as like a golden shower thing.
2: I know, you know, I really kind of thought about that too after the fact, but I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what would be better. You know,
1: I'm like, well, maybe they let know. them, let them wander.
0: Let, let them wonder. Yeah. That, that, that only deepens the intrigue. We
2: well, you know it's so funny as I was thinking, cause I have to pick the plates up from the, like the tax assessor's office. And I was like, what if they ask me what this means? And I'm like, creating these elaborate scenarios in my mind of like what I could say it means like pony star. I'm like, I could tell them I do dressage and I have a pony <laughs> and all this fucking bullshit. I'm like, you know what? If some bitch has enough fucking balls to ask me what my license plate says, I'm going to look her dead in her fucking face. And I'm going to be like, and it says porn star. And they're going to be like, God damn it. Why did we approve this? And I'm going to be like, bye. <laughs> have a nice day. Amy Catch you on the flip. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, well, I know Dave and I ha- wanted to get to a couple of the audience questions that Dave posted on his Instagram today. So, I, I want to start on a couple that I'm well aware of that came through from women. So, yeah, Amy, great response today. We had an awesome response. So, for anybody listening, so fun
0: up and ask a porn star section on Instagram today. And we asked for any and every question that you wanted to ask Amy Austin. And we got an awesome response. So I, 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 can't, That's wait great. To, I can't
1: wait for you to hear this. So, yes, I'm excited. And so a lot of these came from women. So one something that was asked more than once is, oh, wow. do you have a favorite lubricant if you use one?
2: Okay. So this is so funny. So when I was in porn, so when I was in porn, we were using euros and I don't know if they still make it anymore. I think I went to look for it and I I, I don't think they make it anymore. So my boyfriend now, when we got together, he loves Astro Glide. And so that's what we use. And I'm not going to, I mean, it works. It definitely works. Um, it's probably, I would say in probably the top three, it definitely doesn't dry out. Um, it doesn't get You know, it, it can get a little tacky, but it lasts quite a while. It's like synthetic. So, um, it's good. It works really well. We like that one. So there we, there we go.
0: Yeah. Another question was, is lube always used in the industry or do you use it here and there or what?
2: You know, I'm a big, or I was a big advocate for sit. Um, and Now that I'm older, it's like the wind blows and my pussy just gets pissed. It's just like, like, it's not (laughs) fucking, you know what I mean? Like she's just such a fucking snob. So (laughs) now I have to use like now I definitely gear towards loop. And I mean, it's different. Like I have a, I have an exclusive boyfriend. Like I don't like, I'm only, you know, I'm only shooting really solo stuff right now. I haven't even started shooting girl, girl yet. So you know, and I have a boyfriend, and
0: you know he's you know your application. Really person with. But um, what was that?
2: <laughs> what did you say? Put your application away, Nicole. What did he say? I can't hear
0: him. He said that you haven't started shooting girl, girl yet, and I said, "Calm down, Nicole. You can put your application
1: away."
2: Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, <laughs> Nicole. Whenever you're ready, baby, you let me know. I'll make you a star. <laughs>
1: Coached to coached uh-huh. to greatness. So an, another another question from a female follower was: Is it true that there are what we call a fluffer on set, or is that like no. a urban porn legend?
2: Yeah, it's a total like whatever. Female is on deck for that scene. She is the fluffer.
1: Absolutely. That's it. Wow. Ooh, I feel yeah. so. De- I feel so deceived.
2: Yeah. You know, and the thing is too, and this is one little piece of, you know, porn star advice. I'm going to give women out there that may be listening that can be married or whatever. When you're a guy, because it does happen, it doesn't matter age, circumstance, whatever. Sometimes guys struggle with keeping an erection. When you start acting like a complete bitch about it and acting like a spoiled little twat and you get all up in your feelings about it, it just makes it worse like and that's one thing that, that oh when we're on porn like on a porn set and I have an actor there and he's struggling a little bit if I start pouting and act like a diva we're going to be there all day you know because now all of a sudden he has this immense pressure as men already do to perform right, right. and so when you start acting you know like a brat then not only does it kill the mood and totally kill the vibe, but at the same point in time, when you're not cool, then it just puts more pressure on him. And it just creates more of a drama. Whereas when you smile and you're sweet and you just keep up your sex and act, you can usually get it back going pretty quickly. And then you can be, you know, back in fantasyland.
0: So Amy, no. let me bump off that with another question. So another question we had was what's the funniest thing that ever happened on set? Or can you talk about any porn bloopers?
2: Um. So I don't know about bloopers. I definitely was in a pretty, you know, a couple of pretty com- uncomfortable positions, waiting for like pop shots and stuff. Like I think I waited like a good forty-five minutes in a pile driver position with come in my eye from one actor because I was waiting for the other actor to pop, and he had actually came from a different set, so he had already shot once that day, and he was just really struggling. So um and I kept a smile on the whole time so y'all just buckle in That's you know what I mean
0: professionalism.
2: Yeah exactly so um but I did have a, a good friend at the time she actually lived with me and her name was Ava Divine and she was a character and One time, you know, what we would do is they would get girls together and when you're new in the industry, they basically, I call them cattle herding, but it's not really called that, but they basically get girls together and their agent takes them around to the different studios in the valley and the girls literally walk in and take their clothes off, meet their producers, do a spin. They, you know what I mean? And they're like, okay, we want to shoot her. We don't blah, blah, whatever. So we were on set. I think I'm almost positive. We were on set for Diabolik or anabolic and Ava had gone missing. And we're like, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh God. She was notorious. Like she would, she was notorious. So all of a sudden, like we can hear somebody fucking and I'm like, Oh my God. Ava is like, she's just fucking. That's just what she would do. And so we're like, where is she at? Like, she's really, I mean, she was fucking awesome. She definitely was a nympho. And she, all of a sudden this fucking guy comes out from this, curtain and he's like four foot tall and i'm like and they're like oh it's napoleon and i'm like what and she was like fucking this midget who's actually a famous (laughs) midget in porn but i didn't know who he was and i was like oh and i'm like wow and i mean there was just oh my gosh there were so many so much i just can't even remember i'm sure but it was always important such a
1: it's it's hilarious
2: it's like a comedy skit that just never really ends you know because just the and dynamic is and you so painted ridiculous.
1: that perfectly too i could see that whole scene unfolding so oh I, my god i think you oh, hit you. on we we had uh we had a question from one of our favorite listeners and i think you've now touched on it to some extent what are what are your like at home tips for other women and i think that performance tip not acting like a dumb bitch was really helpful um (laughs) is there another are there another like tidbit or two that you'd like to share to close out because I think what you've already said is really valuable yeah the, uh, the
0: question was how do I uh what are some porn tricks that I could do at home
2: you know I would have been thinking about um kind of shifting my podcast because I've been kind of on the fence about do I want to keep doing it do I not But the main point of that podcast for me was that I wanted to be able to provide like an education, especially for women and men, you know what I mean? To help broaden their sexual experiences with their, you know, their sex lives. And so I think that's great because I, I think the one thing, a piece of advice I would give to women is you're allowed to be turned on. You're allowed to want to come. You're allowed to enjoy yourself sexually. You're allowed and you were biologically designed to enjoy passion and to feel sexy and to enjoy it and not feel ashamed and guilty and bad. And when you can really, yeah. when you can really embrace that feminine energy as a female, like you become this fucking powerhouse you know, and it's, it, it just basically like illuminates from the inside out. And it just, you just become this fucking badass, you know, like there's nothing I don't think that's more, um, just amazing to see than a female that's okay and comfortable in her skin and being who she is. And I, and I have my own insecurities, even being a porn star, definitely. But I really try to step outside the bounds of my comfort zones and just show up like, this is it and this is who I am and you can take it or leave it, but I'm only here for one fucking ride and you better bet I'm going to
1: get after it. So, you know, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, I, can you, Amy, can you just go over quick all of your platforms where everyone can find you? Sure. So I have my website, which is
2: amyaustin.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Amy Austin also. Um, well, you can go to my website, so you can go to my website, amy and it has all of my social media platforms there. Um, but you know, I have a Twitter, my Twitter, my Instagram, my Facebook, and also my website is, well, actually scratch that. My bad, my Instagram, my Twitter, and my Facebook are all the Amy Austin. My only fans the amy austin and then i have amy austin.com.
1: Go
0: check her out. Go check her out. Go give her a follow and all the love.
1: I yes. love it. Amy, you are welcome back anytime. We're <laughs> so excited about this new venture for you and yeah, i think in a year's time you're going to have to come back, report back and let us know how everything is going. Yeah, absolutely. If you enjoyed what you heard tonight, everyone go on ahead, give us a rating, drop a comment, share this with a friend. I think this is one you're definitely going to want to share with a friend and we will see you here next week. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye guys.